0: You know, if you just apply that strategy, there is, you will have unlimited success in this industry. The question is, can you do that consistently day in, day out, day in, day out, and have the mental toughness to be able to do it? And that's, that's what the key is. The compound result comes from mental toughness and being able to do it consistently. We have to let go of that fact that our emotional state determines what we're going to do every day. I mean, that's not how life works. And so when you look at yourself as an employee, and we all are on our own best employee or worst employee, if we hired somebody, we don't care about their emotional state. Hello, and welcome to The
1: Agent Podcast with your host. That's me, Raymond Shulstead. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. Today I'm here with my buddy Jim out of Oregon. Jim, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah,
1: thanks for thanks for being here, man. Always a privilege. Yeah. So, Jim, why real estate?
0: Uh, that's a good, great question. So, I got in the real estate industry at 19. So, it's uh, 32 years ago ish, 33 years ago. I got in it because I was going to college and working at a lumber mill and I couldn't uh, see myself getting all the way through college. So I dropped out of college and got my real estate license. So I'm a college dropout, <laughs> but uh, real estate uh, was what was calling me at that time. So that's, that's why I got in the real estate industry.
1: I love it. So 32 years ago, things were a lot different in the real estate space.
0: Yes, a lot uh, different. You've, you've yeah.
1: weathered a lot of changes.
0: For sure. As
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I'd love to hear about your first deal. You know, if you Ah. can remember it from 32 years ago. I can, it always kind of tells a good story.
0: (laughs) My first deal, I worked at a Century 21 office. And I got a call uh, to go out and show a mobile home that was literally sixty miles from me. <laughs> uh, so I, of course, got in my car, drove up there and showed the home, and and I sold it. So that was my first sale that I made, first week of, in, in, uh, in in selling too. So it was uh, it was good, it was great for me. I was super excited, yeah, but I, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't immediately successful out of the gate. I struggled during my first six months. Um, You know, I I was making pretty good money at the lumber mill before I quit my job and quit college and jumped in. Um, So what I brought with me to real estate was a $1,500 tax refund and a Chevy Citation, <laughs> so that was it. Uh, hoping that I just thought, oh, this is gonna be natural, I'll be successful. But six months later, I was struggling, but I, uh, the next 12 months after that first six months where I struggled, I did I did take 150 listings and I became listed in the top 1% of agents nationwide. Um, so I did start to ramp up pretty quickly after that.
1: So let's talk about that story, because how do you sure. go from one mobile home and struggling in six months to 150 <laughs>
0: listings? Yeah. So back in my day, uh, there was no podcast like this to watch. You know, there's no internet, frankly. There's no I mean, cloud
1: brokerage. There was no, no, no cloud brokerage.
0: Brokerages. Yeah, There's none of that. Um, I remember when the MLS became computerized and w- before that we had books. Um, so that's how old I am. But what I realized really quickly was that the top producers on my market were doing things differently than me. So success leaves clues. And I needed to model success as quickly as I could. So back then it was about reading books and it was about going to Seminars and listening to people that had more experience than me, and buying all the tapes since you know back then, and really investing in myself, even though I didn't have the money to do that, I did it anyway. And I would just pick a couple ideas from every single person. I also asked a lot of questions and I started applying it and kind of modifying it to my own style. And then I focused in on lead generation. So I I focused on for self-owners and expired listings and, you know, my sphere of influence and farming and all the things that, you know, we still do to this day, frankly.
1: So some of the things I think about when we start talking about uh, personal and professional development and tapes and cassettes, I start thinking about... Tony Robbins, Les Brown, yeah. Jim Rohn, some of those yes. guys. What are some yeah. of the What are some of the people that have been a heavy influence towards you becoming your best self?
0: Well, that's a great question. But I always tell people the story that when I was 16, I came from a poor background, so I have the, uh, what Warren Buffett calls the PSD designation. We're all poor, smart, and driven, right? <laughs> so I think it's the best designation that any of us can have. And I always um, look at my kids, and I think. Is are we giving them a disadvantage by you know having earned all the success? You know maybe they're not going to have the same level of motivation that we are. So, but the first book I read that changed my life was um, was by Tony Robbins, and it was you know the greatness within you. So it was a great book, and it, it completely transformed how I thought about myself and my limiting beliefs, and you know the power goal setting and kind of going in that in that way. Um, as I be, as I moved into the sales world, I of course listened to the the greats, the Zig Ziglar. And uh, Tommy Hopkins was another huge influence on my life. You now, their their styles of sales today wouldn't work in today's world. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just that we're in a much different world than what they operated in. But, you know, starting out, you know, things change and you have to change with the times. So I always tell people, because I'm still, you know, running a real estate company today. We just got our numbers out and our company did $1.3 billion in sales in a small town in Southern Oregon. So we're in a popular-
1: Congratulations. Thank you. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: 80,000 population base, 1.3 billion. And so we can't do that without change. And I always tell agents, you have to change with the times. And what I did isn't necessarily back then, of course, is not what we would do today. You know, the way I approached for sell by owners and expire listings, my sphere of influence, completely different today than it was back then.
1: No, but can we dive into some of the foundational elements, right? Like going back sure. to uh, college dropout. I'm jumping to real estate. I'm going to struggle for six months. I'm going to drive 60 miles to do a (laughs) transaction. And then I'm going to go from zero to 150 listings. Like something significantly changed,
0: right? Well, yeah. I, 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 Yeah, go ahead. No, I adopted a, a lead generation kind of mantra, which I still train my own agents on today, which is, um, the 41111. So that is one hour of uninterrupted lead generation every single day. Uh, regardless of how you feel, your emotional state doesn't matter, right? It's not about you being motivated today, it's about you doing your job. So, you know, um, that was the step, first step. Second one in that 4111 is I need to set one appointment a day. And that's my mission. I want to set one appointment because I'm setting one appointment a day, I'm going on one appointment a day. And then the last thing is I'm adding well, at least one person a day to my sphere of influence, and I always tell agents, you know if you just apply that strategy, there is you will have unlimited success in this industry. The question is, can you do that consistently day in, day out, day in, day out, and have the mental toughness to be able to do it and that's that's what the key is. The compound result comes from mental toughness and being able to do it consistently.
1: okay, so I want to come back to that I have yeah. a, a lot of questions about that after reading the greatness of the Tony Robbins book, The the Greatness Within You. I forgot the title exactly. (laughs) I've read it. (laughs) How how did you take those steps to get rid of those self-limiting beliefs so that you could get to the point where you're confident and you have the courage and you have the belief in yourself that, yeah, I can do this. I can do 50 listings, 100, 150 listings. What was that journey like? Because I think especially in today's world, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have information overload. In some ways, it's even worse because there's too much info for a new agent to start and grasp yeah. and try to figure out. Walk me through that. Like, I would love to hear that
0: um well I, first one thing i always tell people too i was 19 so as a 19 year old trying to sell 50 or 60 year olds real estate you know as a challenge or to get them to list their house with me was a challenge because yeah. you know they look at me as being truly like i'm fresh out of high school right. which i was
1: yeah.
0: um so how do you overcome that and gain confidence um the way you gain confidence i always tell people confidence comes from competence Right, So there, those are totally related things. So when we walk outside, if I told you the sky is pink, you'd be like, hell no, it's not pink. It's blue. It's obviously blue. I know it's blue. I'm completely competent, that, confident that's blue. And the same thing applies to us. When I have complete confidence in what I'm talking about, and because I know it cold and I've learned the stats, and I know everything there is to know about it. It, it translates people read it really quickly and they they give they become confident in you and we can also read it the other way. when people are not confident, you know we cringe and we like, oh my gosh, get me away from this person as fast as possible. you can smell it a mile away And so I'm always uh, telling agents that you know first thing you have to do is become really competent in your market and really learn your market cold. So you need to know your numbers every month your MLS is putting out stats, right? You should know those stats. You should know what what is average days on market in your area? What's the average sales price in your market? What's the average list of sales price in your market? Um, what are those key numbers? I and mean, if you can't say those at the drop of a hat, then you're not the expert in the market. And they're going to turn to one of the other nine realtors they know, because that's the stat, and they're going to choose somebody else. So you have to be the authority, and that's that's part of it in gaining confidence. You have to be the smartest person in the room, and that comes from hard work. There's nothing else that will replace it. It's just hard work.
1: So yeah. what you're saying is, if you breed competence that will build your confidence. And that's how you're going to push through your limiting beliefs in order to do whatever it is you want to do.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you look at the uh, the Malcolm Gladwell book, Outliers, which oh, is yeah. a great book. Yeah. And he talks about this, you know, and, you know the outlier of in, in all industries, and in all professions, all sports, they have this 10,000 hour kind of golden, yeah. you know, line that everybody crosses. And when you cross that 10,000, hour mark you're an expert you're not only an expert you're a master at that field or that sport that you're in or that music that musical instrument that you've chosen to play so those people when they begin they're not at all masters i mean they feel totally unconfident when they Pick up a guitar for the first time, but after practice and practice and practice and learning and engaging they become the absolute expert and so they feel completely confident in their instrument in their, their profession and that's what we have to be that I will give you a classic example of this is is a listing presentation because I'm kind of known as a listing guy because I took all these listings so. I always ask agents, let's let's apply the 10,000 hours to you for a second. And let's just ask you, how many hours in 2021 did you actually practice your presentation? For real? Now, don't, don't fudge it. I mean, did you actually sit down and practice it? Not deliver it, but practice it. And I mean, did you do it for five hours? Did you do it for 10 hours? Did you do it for 20 hours? Did you do it for 100 hours? And yet that's the apex point of all of us when we go out, we're trying to get listings. Yet we're not practicing at all for this apex point. in our our industry, we're spending all this money for lead generation. We're spending all this time and effort. And then we get the lead, get the listing appointment and we blow it because we haven't practiced at all. I mean, that's a classic example. If I practice that thing for a hundred hours or a thousand hours, I'm gonna be completely confident when I walk in. There's gonna be no no second guessing that I know what the heck I'm talking about and people can read it.
1: All right, so now let's get back to the four, one, 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 one. Did I get it right? (laughs) You got it right. (laughs) Okay, so let's walk through that Again, and I okay. would like to know how you arrived there.
0: How I arrived at that formula?
1: Yeah, how you arrived at that formula and what it takes to be disciplined so that you are doing that. Because it seems like, you know, you can, I'm sure you're in all these different, uh, you know, realtor Facebook groups, right? And you yeah. see uh, so much p- bullshit, for lack of garbage. a better term. Yeah, That's total garbage. Out, just garbage, yeah. bad advice, um, things that are not scalable. Make 153 calls. You know, you have two hours to do it. All these different things. Mm -hmm. Your formula seems like ridiculously simple. And not that I'm trying to get away from work, but not that much work to do it. So... I'd love to know like a little bit of the the substance underneath that and behind that and how you got there and then how that actually gets applied and what it looks like.
0: Well, yeah, I will tell you that it came from the school of hard knocks first of all. You know, you kind of have to go out there and kind of get your nose bloody to figure it out. Yeah, but it. I'm a believer that in there's the face a few times. <laughs> Absolutely. So there's a, there's an algorithm of sales in every market and it'll be different in your market than it is in my market. And I'll give you an example of that. So if I picked up the phone in my neighborhood today, and I and I had the right scripting and the right approach, and I made some calls, I know statistically in my market, probably for every 14 to 15 calls, I should average one lead out of that. Okay. Maybe one appointment, but at least a lead for every com- 14 to 15 conversations I'm having. Now with that, if I I can take that up a notch by putting a piece of mail behind that or a text behind that with today's technology and I can maybe enhance that and get that better, but let's just start from there. So now I say for every three leads I generate or four leads I generate, I average one listing. Now it's just an algorithm. I need to figure it out. The, the only way I figured out is by making the calls and doing the work. But once I figure out my algorithm, and maybe my algorithm is it's 50 calls per listing to 60 calls per listing, whatever the number is. Now I just got to do the work. And for me, I figured out really quickly that I wanted to take in the, my beginning stages, I wanted to take two to three listings a week. And for me, that was calling 20 to 30 people in an hour and setting, you know, one to sometimes two appointments in an hour. And that was my goal. I also figured out really quickly that just watching other people in the industry that I didn't want to be a guy that five years from my start date, I was still making cold calls. I wanted to be a guy that graduated from cold calls to a person that was 90, 95% referral based. And so what I became really conscious of is that's why the last one is there which is I need to add one person a day to my sphere of influence. I want to be moving those people in my sphere people that I have more conversations with and develop that sphere of influence so that you know, in two to three years after entering the business, I'm completely referral-based. And that's my goal for every one of my coaching students is, you know what? I don't want you cold calling. I don't want you grinding and calling Frisbo's and expireds and everything else forever. That's the beginning stage. You're like That's like the first two to three years. We're going to transition you into having a referral-based business as fast as humanly possible, but you're going to do a lot of work before you get there, right? You got to you got to dig in. And so that's kind of how I, I arrived at that. So 20 to 30 calls I could do in an hour. I knew that would generate that one appointment. And I knew if I was going on one appointment a day, um, I, it would take me to my success because I knew that over time, one appointment a day would probably get me two to three listings a week. And it did, you know, so uh, that's what, that's what happened really quickly. And then, you know, you start to get referrals and things start to build from there.
1: So this formula was part of this derived from that first year when you went from zero to 150. Did some yes. of that translate?
0: Absolutely, school of hard knocks. You know, figuring out. You know, there was days in those first um, those first months. Well, I'd be on the phone for two or three hours <laughs> sure. you know, because I didn't know what to say or how to say it. Um, and I, you know, I figured out my own scripting and I figured out what worked and what didn't work and you know, my, my approach changed and, and was dynamic. So, but if eventually I got it down to the, the hour kind of is the magic number of my month, but it's uninterrupted. So uninterrupted,
1: you know, that, meaning no incoming calls, nor distractions, right? Which Correct.
0: Is kind of Everything's one. turned off and I'm only making outbound calls and the clock is on and it's got to tick down to an hour. Um, and I'm setting that goal of, I'm, I trying to get that one appointment. Now people ask me, what's it, what counts as an appointment? So what counts as an appointment is a buyer appointment, a seller appointment, or an appointment with your sphere of influence, which is actually the best of all three, which people forget. So I'll give you a quick example of that. I have a an agent that I work with that did $17 million in his second year in the business and one of the top agents in the country in the second year, no doubt. And the way he did it was on the phone hour a day, maybe two hours a day. And his goal was to set one appointment with his sphere every day. So at five days a week, he was going to lunch, coffee, dinner, drinks, breakfast with somebody in his sphere of influence, and just having conversation, elevating relationships to friendships. And those friendships turned into referrals to more to real estate business. And I, I tell agents, you know, there's a lot of squirreling that happens in our industry. You you said it right. I mean, there's so many websites, podcasts, and things that people get kind of sidetracked on and they're always looking for like instant gratification. But that method right there, the one one uh, sphere appointment a day is also a great strategy. I mean, it's, it's simple, super easy. All of us can implement it.
1: I love it because I think we are in a world filled with distraction. And if you're an agent on the internet, you're getting hit, message, texted, spammed with, hey, we'll get you a hundred leads. You know, yes. it's X amount of dollars and all these different strategies where if you dumb it down, so to speak, and you make it simple. And exactly what you're saying, where you show up and you just do the work every day, mm-hmm. it will come, but you have to be willing to do that work. And I think the the key is that uninterrupted, not distracted, turn off your phone and don't reply to whatever's incoming, right? Like <laughs> right. for me, this phone has every notification off Mm-hmm. And it is always and do not disturb, except for the key people in my life, which is my kids and my wife. Yeah, absolutely. Um, otherwise, it's just too much. It's just
0: too much distraction. It's just too much. Absolutely. Like, never get
1: anything done.
0: No, you wouldn't. And you don't. <laughs> right. There's just so many things that, you know, can t- pull you away from what's important. And what happens is secondary priorities, you know, crouch into true priorities and you don't get anything done that's meaningful. Right. And so that that's, that's the biggest challenge with agents is, and, and agents um, with the whole topic of online leads, you know, online leads, I call it a bomb that went off in our industry. Um, and you know, 10 years ago, online leads actually made sense because they were selling about 5 or 6 million online leads and we were closing about 6 million you know, deals a year. So when you bought an online lead, it was probably pretty decent in a lot of cases. Now, this year, there's going to be 200 million online leads sold to agents and still about the same number of transactions, 6 to 7 million transactions. So the vast majority of these online leads are complete crap. So you got to grind through a hundred, a hundred calls, conversations, vetting, you know, pre-qualification to get to one or maybe two closings out of that. I mean, the amount of sheer work that you have to do it is a, it was a study about it and it shows that there's a negative 32% ROI on it now. So you're you're actually just throwing money away when you're buying leads. You got to move away from that and you got to take control of your own lead generation. The reason why agents go for that is they don't want to be responsible for lead generation. They just want to have somebody hand them a lead every day. And it, it, the problem is, is that they actually will go in the hole with that strategy. They'll They'll go broke.
1: That's so interesting. And you said it the best I've ever heard it said. Thank you. (laughs) I think it is true. I think that there is this myth that you can pay to play and to some degree, to some specific markets, maybe that's true. But I think there is a saturation level now where there is such a grind. And that's where you see these comments in these groups of you've got to just eight hours a day, pound the phones, pound the phones, get one appointment, you're successful, right? And Mm -hmm. you see a lot of uh, 0. 0.25, 0. 0.5, or 1% on a good day conversion rates. Yep. And it's just, it's crazy.
0: The, the, what, what happened with that whole kind of industry of lead buying leads is that you saw, um, and I deal with this every day because I'm coaching people, but we, we team leaders would, would make this a business model. So the team leader would literally be spending 10, 20, $30,000 a month on lead gen to Zillow and realtor.com, homes.com, whatever those leads would flow in, they'd hand them to their buyer's agents and the buyer's agents would grind through these for eight hours a day. And the idea being if they can capture one or two or 3%, the team leader can make enough of a spread there to make that work and make a profit. That does, that model is broken now. It does not work. And I'm telling every team leader I talk to, if you're still on that model, you're on a path to destruction. you got to move that those dollars, pivot them out of online lead, Take the ten or twenty or thirty thousand dollars you're investing and invest it in direct mail into neighborhoods and you'll get far far greater uh, return on your investment far greater and it's seller leads not crappy buyer leads
1: so if you if you're sitting down with a new agent and this new agent is um, you know a college dropout and you' are <laughs> hungry <laughs> yes Perfect. right so you have right. some respect you know yeah, yeah I like that um, <laughs> I can identify. What is the roadmap that you suggest for a new agent to go down to best maximize their time? You know, and I know that's kind of a loaded question, right? Because is this person single? Are they married? Do they have kids? So just say it's, you know, uh, somebody that's married, has kids, other responsibilities, they can't work 100 hours a week on their real estate business. Hmm. What is a typical roadmap that you find success in that you share with people to go down or build a business for themselves?
0: Well, there's two things. First, we have to say, do they have a sphere of influence now? Do they grow up in the area? Are they do they know people in the area? You know, what was what was their last job? Were they connected with a lot of people there? Are they connected with their church or school or whatever? And can we put together a sphere of influence for them right out of the gate? Because our numbers behind the sphere are for every ten people in your sphere sphere, if you're contacting them twenty to fifty times a year correctly, you'll average one closed sale for every ten. So the first thing I do is I open up the hood of their potential business and I say, how many people can we put in your sphere day one? Can we put 100 people in? Can we put 120 people in? And that's gonna give us a baseline of, if you can put 120 people in as quickly as possible, if you do what I'm telling you to do in terms of contact and the way we contact them, having a contact matrix with these people, not always coming at them, but just staying in contact with them, we can probably say you're gonna get 10 to 12 transactions out of 120. 120. Uh, person database. Now we need more than that, right? We got to fill more than that because you're probably going to want to build more than 10 to 12 transactions. So now we got to add a pipeline, uh, an additional pipeline of business. So what's that pipeline going to be? So what we do, what I what I have access to is I go through kind of a, I would call it a buffet <laughs> and I'll say, you're going to try everything and you're going to see what works for you and your personality type. So if I tell you to go out and do farming in a neighborhood That might work for you and it might not, but we need to have you try it to see if it's going to work. When I say try it, I'm not saying a week, I'm saying six, eight, 10, 12 weeks of testing. And no are going to try it We may try for sale by owners. We may try for rent by owners. We may try investors. We may try expired listings. We may try you know, pre-foreclosure properties or absentee owners. I mean, there's a lot of different... uh, Going after land, working with builders. There's a lot of different places I can turn people on to. Um, And we walk them through it and then we'll land on one. They'll be like, yes, I got some success out of this. I feel good about this. This is what I want to master. And then I tell them, here's what you're going to do. You're not going to be a jack of all trades. You're going to pick one pipeline and you're going to absolutely master it. I want people in this neighborhood and this community to know that you are the absentee owner person, that you are the estate sale person, that nobody owns estates better than you, right? I want them to know that you own and and totally dominate that market space. And that's what they need to do. And that will serve building that sphere of influence as quickly as possible. So that's how I approach it with new agents.
1: So is that how you change the conversation and you become differentiated? as not just another real estate agent, right? Because like I could walk out my door, canvas yeah. my neighborhood door knock and I'll probably hit three real estate agents <laughs> that are all within my community. You know, the cheapest home is like probably 1. 1.2, 1. 1.3 mil. The most expensive home is around 2.5 to three. Sure. There's a ton of real estate agents that live in my neighborhood, Yeah, right? But mm-hmm. I wanna foster this community. So what does that mean? is this the way that you help differentiate yourself by becoming focused and really identifying what niche you serve and just focus and focus forward on working that?
0: Well, I think you have a pipeline, which is a, it's a niche in and of itself. I don't necessarily think you position yourself your whole business around that pipeline. That's just a lead gen pipeline. Got it. Your your business should be um, you're the brand of your business, and we are the brand. So this is the thing we're a, we are a personality brand, no different than a Michael Jordan. You know, LeBron James, you know, we're, we are a personality brand to, to a large degree. And you've got to accept that as a realtor and say, okay, if I'm a personality brand, what behind that personality brand do I do? First of all, you have to have all your marketing materials completely 1000% dialed in. And what I mean by that is you're hiring a, a graphic designer to build stationary business cards. You know, thank you cards, presentation materials, everything matches. Everything looks totally dialed in. We took an agent in Florida, brand new agent who had been who was a nurse, and she wanted to go after the luxury market. She says, "How do I do it?" And we said, well, first thing is you got to look like you fit in the luxury market, right? You can't go out there, you know, half, you know, kind of halfway. You got to go all in. So we hired a graphic designer, and we got her all dialed in. And within two years, she started crushing it because she looked like she'd been in the business twenty years. When you looked at her marketing materials, she just shined, right? Branding is absolutely fundamental, and just by branding alone, you're going to differentiate yourself from ninety percent of the agents who don't do any branding at all. Right. The second biggest thing I always talk about is, and it's kind of a thing that everybody talks about now, but it's important to talk about, is uh, g- give you an example, like Phoenix, Arizona, one of the highest densities for agent populations in the country. I think there's 40,000 realtors in Phoenix now. I mean, it's a huge, like you literally kick a rock and three realtors will crawl out. Um, so <laughs> how it, like if you were dropped into Phoenix, Arizona, like you were parachuted in and you said, you got a license, now go make it. How could you... Eliminate as many of your competitors as possible as fast as possible. The number one thing you can do aside from branding is video. So 96% of agents, no matter how much we scream and yell and chant and do everything else, will refuse to do video. I mean, it's still true today. You've only got about 4% of the agents in the marketplace actually doing video. And probably about half of that are doing a video like every day, right, consistently on places like TikTok and YouTube and, you know, the places that we can be. Uh, so, and Instagram and all other places. So those are the two things, I, I think, to differentiate yourself, video, high quality video, branding. And then, um, you know, I would also look at your marketing plan and things that may be more unique uh, within that. 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 That would be my answer. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I'm a big
1: proponent of both branding and video in today's world. (laughs) So I love it. Thanks for sharing that. What are some mistakes that you see a lot of agents make over and over and over again, both new or seasoned? What are some of the things that that come to mind that can be, you know, like a pothole in the road, right? Like if you're paying Mm -hmm. attention to the road, you can miss it. If not, you may end up with a flat tire. Like, what are some of the things that come to
0: mind? Well, one of the things I would say is you you got to, be committed to the process and not give up too soon. So it, inconsistency is your enemy. And so you have to be ultra consistent, mentally tough, as I talked about before. And that is the biggest challenge because there's so many distractions. So every morning when I wake up, if I, if I open up my Facebook, I'm going to have 55,000 distractions in front of me. I mean, somebody's going to try to distract me away from my priorities. So to avoid and that- And sell
1: you leads. And sell you leads
0: <laughs> or sell you something. They're trying to sell you something. Yeah. So uh, what I- What I tell you just to do to avoid that is I say, I want you to establish your enemy in this business. Your enemy in this business is choice. When you give yourself choice, you give yourself permission to fail and you're often going to fail. So what you have to do is you have to give yourself what I call the five non-negotiables. Like, what is it? uh, And it's kind of like my 4111, but they could be your five non-negotiables. It could be, I'm going to get up and I'm going to have a morning routine where I'm up at 5 a.m. I'm going to, you know, work out in the morning. I'm going to start my day right. I'm going to win the day early. I'm going to send five thank you cards a day. I'm going to call 20 people. I'm going to, you know, add people to my sphere of payment loans, whatever it is. But I'm going to determine what are my five things I have to do to win the day for me. And that's what I, before I get those five things done, I don't get permission to do anything else. There is no leeway. There's no luxury of saying I'm going to try something else. No, you don't get to try anything else until you've done the five things every day that you have to do in order to create success. And when you adopt that and you start to live that, quickly, very quickly, you will see results. Um, and that—that's the the challenge with agents. I think is inconsistency and identifying what are the five non-negotiables that they that they need to be doing every single day.
1: I love that as a disciplined person who does get up at 4.35 every morning and do some mindset work, do some journaling or writing in my high-performance planner and doing some exercise and eating right. Before the rest of the household is up and distracting me <laughs> with everything. Before life starts? <laughs> yeah, before life starts, you know, and, you know, some days are better than others. Not every day is a, you know, unicorn and rainbow success in that market, right? Sometimes kids wake up at 5 a.m. or 4 30 or 3 30 or whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say really quickly um, on like what are the challenges? There's a myth of motivation that I think. Um, Mel Robbins talks about, which is I love her. that, you know, we all think we got to wake up and feel like this inspired moment or this motivated feeling before we can go out and do what we need to get done. And so we're always in chase of motivation, but we have to let go that our of that fact that our emotional state determines what we're going to do every day. I mean, that's not how life works. And so when you look at yourself as an employee, and we all are on our own best employee or worst employee, if we hired somebody, we don't care about their emotional state. And I always tell agents, imagine this, imagine that you hire somebody, you're gonna pay them a half a million dollars a year, 500,000, 600,000, $700,000 a year. What would you expect of them? I mean, you probably have a job description when you hire these people for that kind of money. And you'd say, I want them at the office by eight o'clock. I want them to use CRM. I want them to have a follow-up system. I want them to post to social media every day. I want them to use video. I want them to have dialed in listing presentation. I want them to follow up and drip campaigns. You know, I want them to have a buyer presentation, a pre-listing kit. We'd have all these expectations for these folks. And yet, you got to ask yourself, do I expect the same of myself, yet I want to make five or six or 700 or a million dollars a year um, when I'm not living up to that same standard? So first of all, we got to live up to the standards we would expect somebody else to live up to if we want to make the kind of money we want to make.
1: I love that. And I think following up on Mel Robbins and the whole motivation thing, right, there's this... uh, mantra that motivation is complete bullshit for lack of a better term yeah right because right it's, it's discipline you know it's discipline and habits that get you into the position where you can't rely on motivation for everything you just said that your emotional state is not your friend Mm-mm. by any wow. means so you're gonna have the days that you just don't want to do anything or you woke up on the right side of the bed and you just have to have that like you said those, You have those, those five musts that have to be done. And that is a, a habit driven by discipline and your will, like I am doing this, whether I want to or not. And look, some days are going to be better than others. You know, if you're making phone calls and you're not in the best and brightest mood. Yeah. Yeah. Is what it is. It is what it is. That's right. Do what you can for that day, but at least make an attempt. Or maybe that's a day that you don't focus on FISBOS and you focus on calling your sphere. Yeah. Or expanding your sphere where it's a little bit different of a phone call.
0: You know? Right. Yeah. As a good kind of an analogy to that. A lot of people have heard of the 75 hard movement. So it's a, you know, it's like a exercise regiment. One of my buddies yeah. turned me on to, you lost 30 pounds doing it. So for 75 days, what you do is you do two workouts a day, 45 minutes, uh, one's inside, one's outside. They have to be that you have to read 10 pages in a nonfiction book, you have to drink a gallon of water, no alcohol, and you have to be on some kind of diet. And you have to take a picture of yourself every day. So you get an app that costs five bucks, and then every day you're signing on and you're trying to make it through 75 days straight without a break. And uh, so I've stopped and started this thing about, I'd say seven times, so this is, you know, And, you know, I'm a pretty mentally tough guy and I'm, you know, I'm pretty disciplined, but it's not about the exercise. It's not about drinking the gallon of water. It's not about no alcohol or being on a diet. It's about doing everything every day, you know, for 75 days straight. Um, And I, I just use that analogy because, you know, you think you're mentally tough. But when's the last time you challenged yourself really outside your box, like to push yourself so that you can do something for as many days as you can in a row, call it a streak and not stop. I, I would just challenge everybody to think about that. What can I do for 30 days straight? Without stop, can I call 20 people a day for 30 days? And you know, it sounds easy the first day. Try getting 10 days in or 15 days in, or 20 days in. That is where you'll have breakthrough moments where you'll push yourself beyond what you thought was capable. Yeah,
1: because everyone wants to be on day 10, like, oh man, I did 10 days. One day won't matter, right? But then- You start all over again.
0: You start back to zero. That's what happens. <laughs> back to I, I got my longest period. So far is 32 days in and then Thanksgiving hit, And then I started again, I got Christmas. Then I started again, I got to New Year's, you know? So, you know, you get these streaks and then one day, boom, you're back to day one. But it, it's, it's a good exercise for mental toughness.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Guys, yeah. if you're listening, do that. Ask yourself what you can commit to for the next 10 days or 20 days and 30 days and just go through that exercise. Take that analogy and apply it to other areas of your life or other areas of your business or something that you're failing at. So if it's making the calls every day, apply that rule and see if you can get yourself over to that next step.
0: Absolutely. It does help.
1: Yeah. Making one call a day and then you make two, you're 50% ahead of where you were.
0: Absolutely. And that's it. Just Just a little bit of progress.
1: All right, Jim, I want to be conscious of your time. This has been amazing. Thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. Absolutely. If you can pay one thing forward to anybody listening with your 32 years of incredible <laughs> experience what would it be
0: uh well right now we're kind of in the beginning of the year so i would um i would say don't embrace resolutions embrace rituals and so rituals are what will set you apart from the competition you know we've all had resolutions in the past we probably haven't (laughs) accomplished you know but it's what creates real change is rituals and saying what's what ritual need do i need to adopt to hit my goals that i don't have now so we talked about a morning ritual like what's that morning ritual look like and if you don't have a good morning ritual i would start with that i mean i would say what you know maybe i need to get up an hour earlier than i've been getting up and what do i need to do at night so i can make sure that i get up that extra hour earlier right Um, so i look at that and look at the rituals you need to install you could you might Need a lead generation ritual. You might need a follow-up ritual. You might need a, a pre-meeting checklist ritual, you know, that you need to install. And just say, what do I need to do to take myself to the next level, to go from what I call amateur to pro, to move up in your business and so that you start acting like the person that you're truly capable of being. Because we all, we all look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, I could be better. I could do more. But what's what's the uh, what's the holdup? The holdup is the rituals that you haven't installed yet, and that's that would be what I would encourage everybody to do. look at the rituals you need to install.
1: I love that. Thanks for sharing. You bet. Where can people find you if someone wants to reach out if they want to hire an amazing
0: coach? Thank you. Uh, want, so people, uh,
1: yeah, whatever uh, you can find me out.
0: everywhere with, yeah, uh, you know all the social media. Yeah, my handle is E-Real Estate coach e like elephant, realestatecoach.com. And then um, if you want to jump on my website, it's also eRealEstateCoach.com. <laughs> so we have uh, an incredible coaching program. there, one of the most affordable in the country. 19 weeks of kind of intense lead generation coaching uh, with hundreds of downloads and three live coaching sessions every single week. First two weeks is free just to jump in and check it out, try it and see if it works for you. Um, so uh, just encourage everybody to check it out.
1: Jim, thanks for this. This has been fun. I, uh, I think we'll be doing this again.
0: All right, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here. And we'll see you on the next one.